Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. What a tumultuous few months we've endured in our nation and in our city, with floods and freezes, with pandemic and political unrest. The government has responded by giving a stimulus package to people, hoping that it will help the economy move forward. Over the next few days, I will be sharing a message about God's stimulus plan. He's always had a plan to be a blessing to his people, no matter what's going on. It's nothing new, but it's still available to you if you would trust God with all your heart. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. Now Jesus gives a summary conclusion In this passage, in verse 25, he says, Now that I've told you all of that, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And then look at what he says. I tell you, do not worry about your life. So who are you to worry and by your worrying can add any time to your life? You can't do that. In fact, why are you worrying about clothes? Now we sure ought not be worrying about clothes. Our closets are full. Only time we worry about clothes is they don't fit no more. And you hold on to them thinking you're coming back to them. Get rid of them. You ain't going back. Or why do you worry saying what shall we eat, drink, or wear? He's talking about the basics of life. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Instead of worrying, we are to seek his righteousness. Instead of worrying, we ought to do something different. Seek the kingdom of God. It should be our top priority. And he said we need to seek the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's God's way of doing things. It's God's principles. It's God's law. It's God's word. Along with that, we ought to seek his righteousness. If we do those two things, we are right in line to participate with God's stimulus plan. And then he ends this passage by saying it again. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry. I'm not going to ask how many of you are worrying. 
So there are several reasons Jesus tell us do not worry. I'm going to share a few of them with you. Number one, he says, do not worry because we are God's people. Come on, say that. Say God's people. We are God's people. Did you see where Jesus said, your heavenly father knows you need these things? Your heavenly father knows we need these things. Jesus starts his model prayer, our father who art in heaven. Do you know who you belong to? Jesus told his disciples, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, what about your father in heaven and he knows how to give good things to you? You need to understand and function from the perspective and the understanding that God is my heavenly father. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God who has everything and he can do everything. Why should I be poor if my father is rich? Know who you are. If you don't understand who you are, you'll, you'll be like that prodigal son out there in the wilderness, out there in the street, out there eating hog slop in the pig pen. He even came to himself and said, why am I down here with these pigs and my father's rich? You got to ask yourself, why am I so broken? Why am I always struggling and my father is rich? God, I don't get that. Let me figure out what I need to do different. His father didn't do anything different. The, the son did something different. He said, I better get up and go back to my father and get myself together. I remember when we started this church. At the beginning, I'm wondering, Lord, uh, are we going to have to raise offerings and, and, and sell chicken dinners and fish dinners to raise money for you to do your work? When you are rich, you say you got all the silver and the gold and you can open up the windows of heaven? That doesn't make sense to me. He said, it doesn't make sense to me either. I ain't tell you to do all that. I already have a stimulus plan for the church. I'm going to bless the people. The people are going to give at least 10% and you just manage it well. The church will always have everything she needs. It's not rocket science. Just do like I tell you. And that's what we did. And God is faithful to his word. So Jesus said, do not worry because we are God's people. Secondly, do not worry because God has a plan. God is never without a plan. He never begins anything without knowing how to sustain it and make it accomplish his purpose. God has a plan. When he selected Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 12, he began that relationship by challenging Abram to be obedient and to take a step of faith to follow him. Abram, that's before he was called Abraham. Abram, I want you to leave your family, leave your people, leave your country and go to a place and I'm not going to show you till you start leaving. What we want to do before we take off with God, we want God to give us the completed plan with all of the outcome, guaranteed. Before we take a step, God, show me what's going to happen and I'll go. God said, you go and I'll show you what's going to happen. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God wants to know if you, know if you can trust him, if you will rely on him, if you will put all on the table and let him guide your life completely. God says, if you will let me guide your life completely, I know where I'm going to take you. God has a plan. Then God promised to bless Abram. 
He blessed him for the purpose, however, of being a blessing to others and be an example to others of how God could take a random person who was a nobody, who was a pagan worshiper, and God can take his life and make him great. God says, I want everybody all over the world to see that you are made great, and I did it. And I'm going to get to glory. He said, I'll make your name great. And I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. You want to grab a hold of that. Why do you think God might want to bless you? So you can just show folks how nice the cars you have and how much stuff you have in your house and all the custom furniture you might want to buy and all the bling you can wear. You think that's why God want to bless you? No. God want to bless you so you can be a blessing to others and the other folk who gets blessed will know that God is working in your life and they will come to God as well. God has a plan, and he want to stimulate that plan in every believer. God told Abraham, I'll make your name great. You know what's one of the greatest names in the world today? It's Abraham. The Jews worship and mention Abraham, our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Christians talk about Abraham. The Muslims talk about Abraham. Everybody's talking about Abraham. God told him, I'll make your name great forever. Our tithing is in the plan of God to keep his blessings flowing in our lives. Abraham tithed long before it was a command from God. Read the scriptures. It wasn't after God gave them the command. Abraham was so blessed when he ran into Melchizedek. He said, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give 10% of what I have gotten. Tithing is a stimulus plan if there ever was one. Some of you are not even old enough uh, to remember it in the country. They used to have a pump for their water. And they would pump the water, but you never could get any water out unless you primed it. They left a little water in a bucket because you had to pour some water in the pump to get the pump going. And then once you start pumping, you can pump all day. That's what tithing is. Tithing is your primer. You pour that in so you can get a whole lot more back out. People don't understand that because their eyes aren't open and they're walking in darkness. Jesus said, don't worry because we are God's people. Secondly, don't worry because God has a plan. Thirdly, don't worry because God provides. It was Paul who reminded us that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul said, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, do you believe the word of God or, or you think we're just talking? Jesus said, do not worry because God keeps his promises. Tithing is where God challenges his people to test him and seek if he would not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings, they wouldn't have room enough to receive. God says, I promise you that, and you can test it out on me. It was a promise from God when we are told to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. And then we're told, do not worry because God invites you to participate. 
I don't know any instance in the Bible where God blesses someone without their participation. Abram had to obey God and leave his family. And God said to him, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Abraham became very wealthy. There was a widow woman that uh, Elijah went to, the widow of Zarephath. And he asked her for a cake. Will you bake me something? She says, all I have is just a little oil and a little flour. That's all. And my son and I, we're going to eat that. I'm going to make two cakes and we're going to eat that and we're going to die. That's all we got. He said, can you make three? She participated. She obeyed. She stretched her faith. And God began to fill her meal barrel and sustain her life. A young boy gave his lunch, two fish, two small fish and five biscuits. We say five loaves of bread. We think about these big old loaves. No, he didn't have that. Two fish and five little biscuits. And Jesus took that and he broke that and he worked a miracle to bless over 5,000 people. God is going to stimulate you, but don't just sit there waiting for him to just zap you with something and you don't have to do anything. You're going to have to get up and participate with God to receive what God has for you. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. So if you're not sowing, don't look for any seed. God is not wasteful. God don't pour out on people who are not planning on doing anything. God is the best steward that you can ever have. The psalmist says in Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He says, so you got to walk blameless to get this. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You honor God. You participate. You honor him. You give to him the first and the best of all that you have. And then he'll pour out his blessings upon you. So what is Jesus asking us or asking of us in our text? in this passage. Number one, do not worry. Come on, let's put that to the side. Say, Lord, I'm not going to worry. Secondly, he said, you need to exercise your faith. Remember, he's put a little bit of a comment in the whole passage. O ye of little faith. Why are you worrying about all this stuff? Why are you worrying about what's going to happen next week, next month, next year? And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God has a system for you to participate in to access his stimulus plan. To get his stimulus plan, he has a system. You need to acknowledge and understand that God does not need your money. When we talk about giving and giving to God, God don't need your money. He owns it already. Everything belongs to him already. He doesn't need you to, to give him anything. He doesn't need you to do it. You need to do it to let him know that you have a good understanding of where it came from. He wants to know if you trust him and believe the promises he's made to you. I've come to the conclusion that the reason people don't tithe is not because it was under the law in the Old Testament. The reason people don't tithe is not because they don't have enough money. 
The reason people don't tithe, I'm talking about believers now, unbelievers, they don't tithe, then they don't have to anyway. But believers, somebody who say that they love God, somebody who say they believe the word of God, the reason they don't tithe is because they do not believe that God will do what he said he will do. You just don't believe it. You think you believe it in your head, but you don't believe it. If you believe it, you do it. If I believe that if I do this, God's going to open the windows of heaven. God's going to always meet all of my needs. God's going to supply me in abundance. If I believe that, guess what? I'm going to do that. He wants to know if you trust him and believe the promises that he made to you. See, you confirm his authority in your life by honoring and offering a portion of what he gave you and you give it back to him. We recognize that portion as a tithe. The question is, can he have your best and can he have your first? Let me just shift it away from money a little bit. You know what your first and your best is? Is offering your life to God by accepting the forgiveness that he offered us through his death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Think about it. We talk about giving to God. Look look at this. God gave us his best. He didn't tell one of the angels, there are thousands upon thousands of angels, I need one of you to go down and get on the cross. No, he offered his best and only begotten son as a sacrifice to us. He was the first one to sow. He sold his son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrifice. And he understand the principle of sowing and reaping. He sold his son and then he reaped a harvest of believers. Men and women for generations and thousands of years have come to Jesus Christ as a result of what God has poured out. God had a plan to save us and he sold his seed, Jesus Christ, so that we can have eternal life. God wants to work through you as well when you trust him with all that you have. Here's what I want you to do today. I want you to understand that God has a plan with your name on it. He says it in Jeremiah, for I know the plans. That's plural. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for hope and the future. We're going to be talking about that over the next few weeks. There are businesses in this house that have not been birthed yet because you're afraid and you're worried. I believe God's going to, going to have several businesses started this year. You know, the best time to start is when God inspires you. Sometimes God would do it right in the middle of a pandemic. He says, everybody around you is saying it can't be done. I want to show you. I want it to get as bad as it can get so I can show you how well I can do it. You'll have a testimony. Right when everybody else seemed to be going down, God says, I lift you up. He wants to get to glory. I'm going to challenge you to take that idea. Take that profession and offer it to God. God, I'm giving this to you before I start. If you already have a business, take some time and say, Lord, this is your business. How do you want to use it? Who do you want to reach through this business? All the resources that are coming in, we want to use it for your glory. 
and see what God does and how he can stimulate that. Your business may have been dormant for years and God says, listen, get ready for the overflow because I'm about to bless you. God knows how to stimulate you in ways that you could not even imagine. That dream that you've been having since you were a child, that idea that's been in your heart and in your mind, but you didn't know what to do with it. Somebody told you that was crazy. Somebody told you, I don't even know why you want to do that. That is not going to work. Pick it back up and brush it off and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to participate with you. I don't know how you're going to do it. Somebody, now you can use that. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you can. The first and most important thing is that we commit our lives to him. And I want to talk to you right now for just a moment. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, this is the moment to invite him in and say, Lord, I don't want to worry about my eternal destiny. I just want to know for sure that my life is in your hands. I want you to bow your heads with me whether you're in the building or whether you're looking online. God sent his son Jesus Christ. We already said that so that we can be saved. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He wants everyone to come to repentance. What does that mean? That means, Lord, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I was born in sin. I'm separated from you, but I want to connect with you. Would you just come in and save me, Lord? I'm inviting you into my life. Forgive me for my sin. Help me, almighty God. I need your help. I'm lost. I need to connect with you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, for my salvation. Forgive me for my sin. Help me, almighty God. I reach out to you. I need you to rescue me from my life and my lifestyle, my habits, my ways, the things that keep me separated from you. I give you my life. I offer you my life to use it for your purpose, for your will. Help me, Almighty God. Fill me with your spirit, with your power. And I'm coming to you, and I will run after you. Thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus Christ. I remember praying that prayer. I was sincere in my heart. And Jesus Christ came into my life that day in August of 1983. Right where I was. And I knew that I was a changed man. If you were earnest in your heart, the Lord says, if anyone seek after me and come to me, you will be saved. There are so many people who are stressed and is struggling right now because of the things that are going on around us. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I'm reminding you, God has already promised his people that he is able to provide. I certainly hope that these messages are helpful to you to know how God can stimulate you for your blessing and prosperity even in tough times. The first thing that needs to be done is to be sure you are connected with God and that you're honoring God with your life and with all that he's giving you. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're meeting each Sunday in person at 16161 Old Umble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Umble Road, 10 o'clock 
on Sunday morning. If you are in Humble, the Lake Houston area, Spring, Northeast Houston, Northwest Houston, you're in our neighborhood. You can also join us online each Sunday at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety or share it with someone, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily, Jerry G. Martin. You can enjoy today's message as well as previous messages that we've aired. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, there's one on our campus. Call us at The Beacon, 281-441-2885. For Bibles, communion, and church supplies, call us, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.